You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hey folks, Brian Nichols here from The Brian Nichols Show. Are you tired of partisan politics? Do you want to hear the news without that media narrative? Do you want to be more well-rounded as a person? Or how about this? Do you want to get to know and learn from noted entrepreneurs, elected officials, C-level executives, economists, and more? Well, how about this? Look no further. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Again, I'm your host, Brian Nichols. Go ahead and learn more at briannicholsshow.com. Okay, so hear me out. You like getting cash back for the normal stuff you buy throughout your week, right? Of course you do. Check out the Dosh app. That's D-O-S-H, Dosh. Dosh is available at the App Store and Google Play Store and securely connects to your credit or debit card. From there, every time you use those cards, Dosh searches for available offers. Once it finds one, Dosh automatically redeems the offer and converts it into cold, hard cash. Muchos dineros, brother. Then deposits that directly into your Dosh wallet. Click the link to download and join Dosh today and get $5 just for joining. This link is exclusively in the show notes of this episode. So, show notes, special link, Dosh, $5 cash. Start on the path to quick and easy cash back on the things you love today. Hey everybody, check out the Break the Bell podcast where we believe your voice is your most powerful weapon. For a weekly dose of our take on what's going on in the world mixed with a side of history. Find us wherever podcasts are found or on social media handle at Break the Bell Pod. And most importantly, never stop talking. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. It's been an interesting year, to say the least. I think I preface every episode with this now, but we live in interesting times. You know, dogs living with cats, men fighting tigers, murder hornets, fire tornadoes. I mean, it's it, it, it's a it's an interesting time to be alive. I don't think we've ever seen a time like this. But at the same time, uh, I, I also have to say I've never seen an election like this. And by that, I mean it's largely underperforming, lackluster, boring, dare I say. I've never been less enthusiastic for anything like this in my life. But when it comes to the actual issues we're talking about, when it comes to the actual policies people are wanting to go ahead and throw out there, they've been kind of lagging. I don't think there's any singular thing that's actually captivated most of the country. You've got the coastal elites talking about think tank issues that don't connect to anyone, and you've got the rest of America sitting silent, hoping that somebody will actually give them their say. But when it comes to one of the issues closest and dearest to my heart, the Second Amendment, I think this has actually been a pretty good year. It seems like at the beginning of 2020, especially here in my home of Virginia, the Commonwealth, the mother of all states, we all thought that we were going to lead the way for the East Coast expansion of California-style gun control. Now it seems like in the wake of Black Lives Matter and everything else, with the left suddenly deciding, you know, maybe it's good for me to own a gun if I think all the fascists have them. Uh, it seems like this is the one thing that most Americans are now starting to, uh, to you know, either get behind or at least stay silent about. The one thing I do have to thank Corona for is the fact that with all the public schools closed, there have been no school shootings. So basically, that has also helped. But there are many ways to look at this, and the big question now is, is the gun control debate over? We've got entrepreneur and advocate Carrie Sloan on today. Carrie, thank you so much for calling in. It's great to have you here. (laughs) Thanks for having me. So, you know, you, you must be smiling when you see these bands of crazy leftists, you know, going out in their in their black outfits with their, uh, you know, figure, fingers on the trigger because they've got poor self-control, gun control over over their own firearms. How, what, what do you think of everything that's been going on when it comes to this? Because for the most part, this was going to be a very gun control specific election come yeah. like maybe seven months ago. Now it seems like everyone's just been like, ah, it's OK if we're all pointing at each other. Well, yeah, I, I think that I think it's still, you know, being entrenched in the, the gun industry and, and community itself is I have a you know, we talk about it still a lot. It's still relevant, especially <clears throat> as as I know, uh, Remzo, you know that, you know, Kamala is my my best friend. Absolutely. And, uh, 
<laughs> she's she's uh, after I confronted her, she and I became you know total we're we're tight. But uh, you, you know, and 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 Joe and talking about bringing in you know Beta work <laughs> and, and and all of these things. So you know, we we still keep our eye on that. What what is interesting to see is I think it's great that that people are, are getting armed because I'm an absolutionist. I've taken a lot of heat, honestly, in the industry uh, from people because uh, I even support, I, you know, am not a fan of, of Antifa. I have very personal, I've been personally affected uh, and lost people because of Antifa. Um, so I'm not a fan, yet I still defend their right to be able to bear arms in self-defense. Let me repeat that, in self-defense. So, and so I've taken a little bit of heat in, in that respect. You know, the minute you go on the offense, it's a different story. Uh, but I believe that everybody has that right. I also believe that once, you know, if you're a felon, you get to, <laughs> once you've completed your sentence, you get, uh, uh, you get to have your gun rights back. So I'm all, I'm all about this ACB nomination. But I think that, I think when we're looking at this as a whole, I, I think it's great that there are so many people um, that are understanding the importance of, of being able to defend yourself because the cops are not going to come. Um, that being said, I think that, like, particularly in the gun industry, letting go of that thinking that it's all going to be okay because people, everybody owns guns now is incredibly short-sighted. Uh, if we in the industry are not continuing to actively do um, outreach and providing education, you're just going to end up with a bunch of people that are poorly trained and not using uh, and or not using their firearms at all. And I think once. Uh, what's Trump gets reelected because I, I have a really hard time believing that somebody with dementia is going to get elected unless the cheating is so bad. But I, I just, I just don't see it happening. I, I genuinely uh, don't believe there's been a single on the fence voter since, since 2016. I think pretty much everyone has figured out, you know, w- what they were going to do come 2020. Yeah. But, the, but the one thing that I've noticed and, and correct me if you think I'm wrong with this, I've never seen it. And I, you know, I was, a, I was a Clinton baby I remember the Bush years. I remember the Obama years. I don't remember a large portion of the political opposition saying, I'm going to walk away, saying that this party no longer represents me. I've only seen former Democrats do that for Trump. And I think that's a large contingent that the media has, you know, blatantly ignored. I, th- I think that's a fact by now that when you look at the the Brandon Struckas and the Joy Villas of the world, they they get ultimately ignored every time, or they're just blatantly attacked, and they're you know people are trying to to discredit them for everything else. I, I genuinely don't believe that anyone, even Democrats, because what I tell people is don't listen to what Democrats say to Republicans if you want to know what they actually believe. Listen to what Democrats say to each other. And no one is confident in Joe Biden, especially when he picked Kamala. Oh, I, I would agree with you. And, you know, and I, I've never been. I was, <laughs> she said you were a Clinton baby. You know, <clears throat> I, I just have a really good Botox guy, so I'm, I'm quite a bit older. And that was actually my first election uh, was 92 when I got to, <laughs> I had to vote in 92. And, and uh, uh, I voted for Ross Perot. And I've never been a, a two-party voter. And I, I don't. I, at this point, I mean, you say on the fence, and I, 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 I'm not on the fence in terms of Republican or Democrat, but I, I'm not a fan of Joe Jorgensen, um, and and I hate the fact that the libertarians are even pulling out the well, then you're not a feminist card because they they picked a woman who's actually just because she's a woman doesn't mean crap. And oh, they, they've uh, turned full identity politics. They sure have, and and that pisses me off too. So um, you know, because I was a Gary Johnson voter in the last election, but they've gone. You know, they picked a woman because she's a woman, and they. Uh, and I'm not saying she is a very bright lady, but I don't think she has any clue what she's getting herself into in politics. You know, she was getting, in, she was polling in, in, you know, the bottom of the barrel with her own own um, own party, and was getting annihilated in their own inner party debates. You know, for the for the nominations. So I they, mean, it's a, she's got a push play problem. Like she's kind of all over the place. And like, I give her credit. She was, she was Harry Brown's VP back in the Mm nineties, but like, where Mm -hmm. was she the past like 20 years? Right. 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 No, exactly. What what is she doing? Exactly. And they need to bring her out. So I'm, I'm, I'm very much at a, do I go that third party again? Or, you know, because for me, for me, it's, it's a, it's a moral and political statement. You know, I live in Washington state, so it's not like it's gonna, I hate to say it, but it really in in the in the national election, it, it doesn't have too much of an effect uh, because we go ninety. I think we went ninety seven, ninety eight percent 
from Democrat last in, in 2016. But, uh, you know, of course, in your states is where it really matters anyway. But, um, you know, but Trump is, uh, and uh, my husband is like, not, I'm all, I'm on the MAGA train. Like he, and it's not so much because of Trump per se, it's how off the rail the, the other ones are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I, I, I tell people this, I did not vote for him in 2016. I yeah, did. Yeah. But when you look at everything that's going on right now, what, what really was kind of a, a decision point for me was one, it, one, it was the Kavanaugh hearings. Second, it yeah. was what they did to Mike Flynn. Third, it was impeachment. And fourth was when you had that liberal Democrat couple, the lawyers from Missouri, the McCloskeys. McCloskeys. Yeah. When, when you see Battle Ken leave his martini to grab his AR to defend his private property for and real. you have people trying to destroy their lives. Yep. I mean, I was partially, uh, you know, disappointed with the Amy Coney Barrett um, appointment. I think uh, I think it should have been Ken, Ken McCloskey. I think that would have been the ultimate <laughs> finger, but I think Amy's going to be great. I could buy that. I'd buy that. <laughs> bizarre, as bizarre as the world is. Um, I mean, I don't know the McCluskeys personally, but I have a friend that is friends with like six degrees of separate, seven degrees of separation, whatever it is, right? Six I degrees of Kevin Bacon. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was just kind of weird. So. The interesting thing about that, and, and this goes back into what's really important with gun rights, I think, is that um, we we focus so much on the federal level, but we we lose sight of what's really happening in the states. And I've been saying for years, I got thrown into advocacy two years ago with this when I spoke out against a law here in, in Washington state, which now I am uh, suing the state over uh, with Gun Owners of America. But uh, they, they, they're they using the, the 10th Amendment to take away our Second Amendment. So while people completely obsess at the, at the federal level, um, they're, they're quietly and behind the scenes working the systems. And, you know, as we saw in, in Virginia, it's a great example, right, um, where everything shut down. They got distracted and he went around, turned around and, and passed some of those bills that, that got shut down because 40,000 people showed up. So when the McCluskey thing happened... It, this this was and it was frustrating for me as an advocate that understands policy, right? I, I, it's not just shall not be infringed, and that makes me makes my skin cringe. Like, yes, yeah, spoiler alert: gun world, we know. <laughs> right? like we, 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 we're very clear that we we're, we know what that what it says, right? So, but what blows my mind is how little policy they know, and what blows my mind even more is how little they know about states' rights and 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 their, the power they've got with that. And the McCluskeys, what the real thing that pissed me off with the McCluskey thing is when this DA went after them knowing that legally they did nothing wrong, right? So, so Missouri is a castle doctrine state, but in Missouri, they specifically have mentioned in that, in, in where they have that legislation written, that it also doesn't just cover inside your house because a lot of castle doctrine states cover just your property in your home. But in Missouri, it covers your property as well, all of the property you own. So they, now, yes, let's be clear, their handling of their firearms was was a little bit, I wouldn't say criminal, but um, embarrassing. And and it's, it sounds like they've definitely stepped up and, and taken some training, which is wonderful. Uh, that being said, legally speaking, they did nothing wrong. And this is a very, very clear example. In fact, I've become a firearm trainer recently, and I use this in my, my classes. The fact that they went after her just shows, or the, the DA went after her, shows you that it is, a, especially for, for district attorneys in larger cities, it is a political move. And they, they did that. She did that to try to, to punish them um, and to make a, make a political statement, which is now why she's, of course, being interviewed or being investigated by the AG because she, she outright broke, the, like it was illegal for her to, to charge them with a crime that wasn't illegal. So, um, but I think that that's a really great example of how far some of these um, left-leaning and extremist Democrats uh, are willing to go uh, to, to, you know, to, to get this agenda across to keep their, to keep their liberal base. Right. And I think it's just and I mean, with the with the Libertarian Party and many, you know, I, I call them cultural libertarians for the most part. I've never been more disappointed. <laughs> I've never yeah. been more disappointed in them in my life because yeah. you know, this has turned into like, you know, the 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 I can't even talk right now. This is like the prologue right. of the freaking Rwandan genocide. 
Like I, right. I, 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 I don't say that in jest. I'm not trying to poke at it, but you know, the, the vicious use of identity politics to divide yeah. people and to get rid of any nuance or gray space in it has gotten disgusting because it's either, you know, you're, you're going to worship the cops or it's black lives matter all the right. time. You're not allowed right. to look at things on a case by case basis. And I see that for a lot of libertarians, uh, you know, the, the gang culture, the mob culture really pushed a lot of them who, you know, start putting up black squares and everything on their social media to do that, despite the fact that, you know, for a lot of these people that I know, I know that they don't actually believe that. But it's like, um, you know, I I posted somewhere recently that, uh, you know, rioting breaks the non-aggression principle. And I don't think I've ever had so many libertarians try and justify the the destruction of property in my life. And my, you know, my retort for that is, what about all the the black-owned businesses? Their lives don't matter. What about, you know, I I think it's beautiful. We saw the, the return of the rooftop Koreans. And I think yes. in Philadelphia, we saw the, the storefront Sikhs. Like, you know, th- this isn't... Storefront Sikhs are my... That, that's, yeah. I want to be friends <laughs> with them. I mean, it's it's gotten to a point where everyone's really starting to realize, like, this, this never had anything to do with the guns. The guns was never the problem. The problem was always the mechanism of control. And when we look around at the past, uh, you know, four or five months, it's been nothing but liberal cities of the most massive gun control in the country yeah. that have been yeah. burning down. Right. Right. Well, and you know, that's, I mean, I live right. So I live outside of Seattle. Oh, shit. You know, and, and two, yeah. And two and a half did hours. Did you go to Chaz? I did not go to Chaz. Um, I hear it I was very say, nice there. I heard it was a beautiful <laughs> place to visit. I'm, I'm disappointed that the, that, uh, that the country was dismantled. I'm, I was, I heard it was a lovely place to visit in the summer. Um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I was a little conflicted with the, um, you know, they were handing out ARs out of the back of his whip <laughs> sitting down there. And I was like, I've never felt no. so emotionally confused in my life watching that. It's like, wait a second. They have guns. They have their own cops. They have a strong border. They're checking people's IDs and stuff. It's like, what yeah. the hell? They wanted yeah. to topple the police state and just replace it with another police state. Yeah, which was bitterly ironic. And for me, the whole gun issue was because I I think, and you know, watch, watch the your ultra conservatives uh, come out on me on this one. Uh, I, everybody, everybody gets a gun, right? I think it should be that, not necessarily out of the back of a car, but uh, I do think that it should be that simple, right? You should be able to walk in, purchase your gun and leave because we know, we know that there's never been a successful gun control law in America. And I say America because in the scope of, in the history of our world, we have seen what successful gun control can do uh, to those dangerous levels, right? Uh, you know, Germany and, and Russia and, and Venezuela. And, you know, so we, we know what it can do. So I like to like to keep it like that. But at the same time, I was like, you know, these guys owning guns is probably like, can we, can we just get somebody out there training them? <laughs> you know, at least for that. But, you know, I, I have said for, for years now, I, I resigned my, my membership to the Libertarian Party. And it, my, I did that when Borja went off the rail with his pedo, you know, trying to. Be, oh, that was trying, weird. That's a throwback yeah. to like a thousand years ago. It feels like. Right. Yeah. So right, and that was two thousand seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah, right after it, because he was trying to jump the shark and you know and stay relevant, right? So he went off the rails with that, and uh, that I resigned my membership to the in the Libertarian Party at that point, and I I stood very strong on the statement that, you know, if um, if if libertarians would stop arguing over who's more libertarian on the internet, you might actually see them get some leverage because, you know, four years ago, how many, very, 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 very few people knew that there was a third party, right? I mean, Green Party-esque, but they sure as hell, I can tell you that I met very few people, maybe 1% of voters that knew there was a libertarian party. Well, the one thing that Gary Johnson, if, whether you love him or hate him or whatever, he was he became relevant enough and threatened the system enough that now everybody knows that there's a third party. And I told Nick Sarwark at the time, I'm like, you have a moment, right? Capitalize on this, market this. You guys have a moment. Instead, where they do enter Vorha with his pedo excusing bullshit. And I'm just like, are you like really? And here we are, right? Now you got the and cappers, you know, with the non-agreed, like it's just it's a it's a shit show. And it's Rest in power, Chairman Sarwark. Rest in power. Um, I, yeah, I, I, 
so so here's where I've come from, and this is where I've been trying to really uh, lead a lot of the listeners of the show. I, mm-hmm. I'm at the point now where I believe that to change things politically and just to focus on the political outcome is mostly a losing cause, especially when it comes to elections uh, for right. third parties because all the rules are written by the, the, the duopoly itself. So right. you know, my, my biggest thing is I think if we want to actually change people to, you know, not, not just to vote libertarian, but to want to live a liberty-oriented lifestyle, it, right. it's got to come through culture. It's got to come through businesses. And I think, you know, uh, talking to a few of the gun store owners in my area, I'm just curious, how have things been business-wise since the pandemic started? Well, I mean, we definitely can, you know, I, I think that you are incredibly naive and ignorant if you do not see <laughs> what's going on with uh, um, with that, right? I mean, with the uh, the gun stores and stuff. I mean, I've got a, I got a message from a friend of mine that owns a gun store, and he says, all the 1911s are gone and all the revolvers are gone. I'm like, what the hell do you mean? He goes, people are buying everything. Who wants because a revolver? Get- Seriously. Do those, yeah. those people are still around? Yes. Oh, God, yes. What are they going to do? Get in their trucks and, you know, pull out their six shooters? Really? Hey, man, I'm telling you. (laughs) More power to you. More power to you. I tell you what, when when we're done today, get on uh, Instagram and look up the hashtag Wheel Gun Wednesday. Like, it has become a a total thing again. I'm a Glock apologist, so, you know. uh, This interview's over. I got to go. Everything was so beautiful up until now. It was, we had such a great relationship and then you had to use the G word. <laughs> you know, I, I became an instructor recently, as I'd mentioned, and, and I bought a Glock and um, uh, I'm a, I'm a stick girl, right? So here it comes, right? Cause there's really the line too, is, is typically you're, 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 it's kind of like, um, was that line in Pulp Fiction? Um, you could be a Beatles guy or an Elvis guy and you like a both, but not equally. <laughs> so it's kind of like the, the same with Sig and Glock, although I think the, the, the separation is, is on, 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 a, on a side note. I, I do shoot better with a SIG. It's just a better balanced uh, in business. your hand. Yeah, yeah. And you, you know what's super funny about that is I, I'm I, a very dear friend of mine um, is a one of the the head instructors for Glock, the, the corporation. And I the a couple times I've been out at Shot Show with him, I'm actually decent with a Glock um, in my hand. But um, I just uh, you know it's that classic. I don't care for the way they feel. But um, I uh, I um. So that's always the joke, but but for me, I don't think it's fair to only give people a firearm to try uh, that I'm comfortable with, right? Because they may like a Glock, and it may like they may like the way it feels in their hand, and so that's not fair for me. But I will say this to all of you Glock people out there: Glocks are so awesome that you have to change every single part on them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Glocks well, are well, amazing; well, they're the well, best what? guns ever. But I'm going to change every single <laughs> part on this Glock. <laughs> well, uh, well, well, we'll let that one just kind of simmer there. But I, I, I will say that you know I, I live in Northern Virginia, and it's it's the it's the blue speckle in the state that makes the rest yeah. of the state go blue. These yeah. I've I've never seen so many of my liberal neighbors, you know, start stocking up as if the zombie apocalypse is coming. Yet these are all the same people that you know they they go to the Every Town USA rallies. They like Williamsburg. Yeah. They vote for all the, you know, all, all the gun control to, you know, do everything under the sun. They they vote. They never care. And now that, you know, some of the some of the crime, some of the other stuff is reaching the suburbs. And then when they couldn't get their toilet paper and shit, now they're prepping for doomsday. Right. And, you know, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that back around because this is something that I that why I think that. The, the gun control argument isn't dead. And a, a lot of people have been saying this. And I re, and, and one of them is a couple of very dear friends of mine in the industry uh, that have made huge changes in the industry um, with the, le- you know, legally fighting for years. But here's the thing. I, I think it's going to fall on us as a, and I use this term loosely, to a community, whatever that means, right? Because these people are sometimes, they're more often than not their own worst enemy. But um but the industry and, and gun people will say um, that it's it's really up to us right now to seize this moment to do as much outreach as humanly possible to get people comfortable with guns, to get people to understand more importantly, to get people to understand that if you you have like when I went to Detroit and did this whole thing where we trained almost 2000 women in two days to use a gun. It was an amazing experience. <clears throat> I, I, I did some briefings and I said, look, ladies, you have all made the decision to come here and, and, and have chosen 
to, to make uh, using a firearm for self-defense, you know, exercising that right. And I don't care, you know, all of you here, different po- politics and nationalities and religions and ethnicities. And the one thing that brought you together was your right of self-defense. You are now an advocate for the Second Amendment, whether you realize that you are or not. And if you go back and, and vote not for gun control laws, you're going to hit yourself, you know, ver- metaphorically hit yourself in the kneecap. But more importantly, what you need to understand is that you may realize that consciously. But if you turn around and you vote for a politician that supports those laws, you might as well be voting for the law itself. And so you saw a lot of like, oh, okay. And I said, you know, you may like, you know, we were in Detroit. So I said, you may like Gretchen Whitmer, right? You may like what she's doing. But does she support a law that could potentially limit how you choose to defend yourself? And you can kind of see them sit back. So not only do we need to be doing outreach, I, I feel, and, and education about, about that, but also just, hey, we need to get them knowing how to be comfortable with this firearm. We don't want them to be afraid of them because when the election's over, right, and this and the cure for COVID comes on November 4th, uh, the <laughs> cure, we're, we're, go- <laughs> we're going to, right, you're going to end up seeing a lot of people that aren't going to feel threatened anymore, but they never did anything with that firearm. And because of that, they're going to turn around and, and send it to a, they're going to try to sell it. They're going to try to put it, you know, get it into a gun or a pawn shop or whatever. And then they're going to go right back to voting for the, the very laws uh, that they realize were there to protect them. And so I think that we really are being, uh, I, I say this respectfully to those who disagree with me because I, I it's, it's not specific toward them. But I think as a whole, the, the industry slash community uh, is being kind of short-sighted about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not afraid to, to say it, but like, I'm not a fan of the NRA at all. And for me, it really, the, what really showed me the true intentions of the NRA was the Philando Castile uh, shooting in 2016. Yeah. When Philando Castile, a legal gun owner, was shot by a cop yeah. and he, he legally possessed a firearm. He was a legal concealed carry uh, permit owner and the NRA was just completely silent about him. And, yeah. you know, during Wouldn't this. Would they have been yeah. if he was white? Oh, they they would have he would have been on a he would have been on a on a commercial, right? They would have right, been running exactly. him for office. He would have yeah. been speaking at all the conventions and everything. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it's just one of these opportunities where you know uh, National Association for Gun Rights has been talking about it. Gun Owners of America has been talking about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maj Torre from Black Guns Matter has been talking about it. When it comes to what I feel like the the corporate gun industry, yeah, they they've been making all the money from this. You know, rightfully so. I mean, they're they're selling what people need right now. But at the same right. time, you know, they're 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 completely silent on it, especially when yeah. it comes to. You know, what, what, I, I just think it's hilarious when you see these these people just wearing black clothings, you know, marching up on Stony Mountain, Georgia and other places with their weapons. It's like I think that's that, that's as American as fuck right there. Absolutely. Like, that, that's so beautiful. And, you know, depending on what shows that I, I go on for panels and stuff, they usually stick me in like the, the right leaning or the left leaning seat. And mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, this one communist and i'm not saying that to insult her she she loves she loves being called a communist she's a self-identified communist she was like well you know these black communities are terrified of white nationalists going in and setting things on fire and tifa's not doing it. it's a white nationalist they came to me they're like Remso, what right. do you think? i'm like i think they have every right to own a gun and if someone's gonna harm them or their community they have a right to use their gun I mean, I, I, I go as far back to say, like, listen, when you look at a lot of the gun control we're dealing with now, it was targeted at the Black Panthers. I think the Black Panthers right. had every right in the world to march down the street with their rifles. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we're looking at you, Reagan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it comes it comes into those yeah. uncomfortable moments where it's not a right. left-right issue. It's not a Dem versus Republican issue. It's a you versus the state issue. And that's all right. this is coming down to. And you're 100% correct. And it's, it's funny because I think that, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost say it too. I'm going to, I'm, I said, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I think that the, uh, the right leaning, right. Conservatives are incredibly guilty of, of the hypocrisy on that. Right. It is. Yeah. The right to bear arms. Everybody's down a gun. Oh, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Not those no. people. Yeah. And why are they, you know, it isn't, it isn't okay for them to be marching on, you know, they shouldn't be, you know, storming the Capitol or Stone Mountain or any of that stuff. I'm like, um, you realize that the very, I, I went off on this with the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, because this was a, a great example of how people don't understand policy um, and, and, the, and the Constitution. And I was like, no, 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 no. The, the people that you worship, right, our founding fathers and, and our Continental Army, 
were literally those people, right? You get that, right? Like those were the people that, that created the country that you get to sit here and, and talk out of your ass. So, I, you know, and had we lost the war, what would they have been, right? They would have been treasonous traitors and hung, and right? So it just happened to be, they, we won. <laughs> so I, I think that it's, it's frustrating to see, to see that kind of that double standard on that. And I, I do, I take a lot of heat for that um, in the industry because I, I have zero fear calling that out. Um, and, and because I understand there's more to sh- shall, the constitution than shall not be infringed. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I love it. Yeah. I was very much like, yes, these guys, <laughs> I was all excited. like, they're, all like they're like, they're arguing with our points for us in a right. way that they will never be able to take back. Correct. And they, and, the, and it's eaten. I think what, it, I think when it really comes down to it, right. The psychology of it runs is that these people, right. The conservative side, they're like, Oh shit, they're using our arguments against us. Kind of right. And it's like, I, I, on a subconscious level. And I think that whenever that happens, right. It kind of pisses people off when your, your own shit's thrown in your face. And now you don't know how to handle that. So what do you do? You, well, we just need to get rid of it, <laughs> you know? And, and so I, I, I think it's funny listening to them throw out those double standards. Have you encountered over the last couple months, you know, the, this situation where you, you've you've dealt with somebody who's incredibly pro gun control, just completely anti gun, have a complete yeah. flip on their stances? Um, like as in we nobody should ever own guns, or or I, I mean, just just in that camp of oh, why do you own a gun? Oh, what do you think is going to happen? Why do you own one? Oh, nothing's going to happen to you. It's those people. Those are the ones yeah. who I, I think that's the that's the biggest indicator of a cultural change. And I I do believe that you know, and, and I think the gun argument uh, you know springs out into many other things. I at least know in my in my district right now, my congressional district, I believe down to my core you've got a lot of people of joe biden and you know biden harris signs in their front yard mm-hmm, that are going mm-hmm. to go out and vote for trump secretly because oh, they I, see I, what's I, going on and they're like yeah i don't, I don't want this happening to me now it's yeah, affecting I, I me therefore it can't happen yeah i think you're right about that i think that um or they're just not last you know four years ago they put out signs and this year they're not putting them out right i mean i yeah. think that, that i think i think you're right i do think that some of that is happening i can't say i i get a lot of the um uh, well, you know, I, you do have a right to own a gun, but you don't need dot, 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 right? That's that's a lot of the stuff I get. I did just have a lady recently come in because um, I, I own a day spa and she says, I just don't understand why women think they need to own guns. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? Good for you. Good for you that you have lived such a blessed life that you have never been in a position to feel the need to have to defend your life and protect yourself. Good for you. If you don't mind, if you don't mind me asking, I mean, we, we don't have to yeah. talk about it if you don't want to, but you're, you're That's a domestic cool. violence survivor, I right? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I am. So I'm very vocal about that. It's okay. You can ask. I, I was, uh, beaten and, and sexually assaulted. Um, and I don't, there's a lot of voices out there for the sexual assault kind of thing. So I just kind of leave that to the side, but, um, I, I was never anti-gun, you know, I've always been, I didn't own them at that time, but I was pro-gun. Um, I'm, well, and I'm pro-constitution, right? I'm, I am a, I'm an absolutionist, right? I don't even like constitutional conservative wrong. If you're, you no, you're either constitutionalist or you're a conservative, right? They're, they are, they're mutually exclusive <laughs> because our, our founding fathers were rebels. So it's, it's, I, I, I was never anti-gun. Um, but two years ago here in Washington state, they passed that law, uh, 1639, and most people in the country know about it. Um, and there was a lot of components to it, but the short of it is that uh, what threw me into gun rights is there's a component of it that now when you sign that 4473, and for those of you that are listening that may not know what that is, although I'd be surprised listening to Remzo show if you don't, but um, the, the 4473, for those of you that aren't familiar with that, is that magic form that the that gun grabbers think doesn't exist, right? We And they keep trying to push universal background checks. Uh, that already exists, and it goes through the FBI. Well, in Washington State, that form, the minute that you put your signature on it, you are now waiving your HIPAA rights. And and they get to they get to check your your medical record and your mental health record and so on and so forth. Well, as a domestic violence survivor, 
I did what I was supposed to do all those years ago. And I went through mental health therapy. Um, I was diagnosed with PTSD um, and, and did everything that I need to do to become healthy again. Uh, but that being said, what is one of the biggest buzzes for gun control and red flags, right? PTSD. Right. So in this bill, it's the way, it, and this is what people don't understand about policy, right? It's not how it's written. It's how it's not written that usually, but, but opens up the door for crap that bites people on the ass. So this law, it, this is what it does. And it says that the health authority, whoever they are, uh, you know, this committee that whoever that is, uh, because that's not even been identified, they will get to review your, your, your mental health record and, and decide whether or not you are, you should be able to purchase a firearm. So there's no um, limit on how far back they can look. Um, it opens it up for them to be able to check your record every single year if they want. Um, they can keep revisiting it. Um, there's, you know, I've got friends that have to take medic, you know, double mastectomy patients uh, that have had to have all of their, you know, female stuff removed. And some of the medicines that they have to take are classified in the antidepressant category. Um, so well, how many Americans alone are taking some type of antidepressant like Lexapro? I think it's like six in 10 or something like that. Oh, I, it's a I ridiculous number. I would argue it's even higher than that. And here's the other piece of it, right? So what smoking cessation, sleeping medications, right? Mm-hmm. All of the other stuff that's out there, a lot of those are classified as antidepressants. So it's, you know, so now what if I, like I have started learning how to do even to a higher level, I've always been into it, but uh, herbal remedies and, and learning like valerian is actually a Western medicine approved way to reduce stress so you can sleep so that I don't have to go take Ambien because I'm afraid of, of having, you know, any sort of, <laughs> you know, indication that I, I have Ambien on my medical record now because they can deny me a firearm. And here's the kicker. And this is what the bigger picture of it, right? So now because of how it's written, they have the potential to to right look at my record every year well guess what that opens up red flag laws so now i'm right and we have those here so now not only can i you know be denied the purchase of a firearm if you think for a minute that they're not going to put me on some list to watch me for red, to red flag me for what i already own <laughs> of course they are you know so that's that's what threw me in to this advocacy as a survivor because a lot of survivors um, red flag laws um, and these types of laws can are, are dangerous for them because these laws can be used against domestic violence survivors and limit their ability to uh, choose how they defend themselves. I mean, it even becomes more nefarious. I, I, I used to do a show with Eric Pratt called um, uh, Firing Back. And yeah. I mean, it was it, it was one of these things where you know it, it always comes down to you know the the mechanism of violence, which is the state. Right. It's the it's the greatest monopoly of violence in mankind, yeah. and you know w- they could go ahead and you, you know what you said about the laws. You know, it's not always about what's written, but it's about what's not written. That's the dangerous part about it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like when you know we, we were talking about uh, state constitutions earlier. People, I don't think a lot of, a lot of Americans really know this, but like in the state of New Jersey, there's nothing. There's nothing equivalent to like a, a Second Amendment in New Jersey. So what they don't have written down allows them a lot of leeway and a lot, and a lot of control when it comes to restricting and regulating any type of firearm purchase. But you know, more more nefariously, when it comes to mental health and stuff like that, who gets to deem that? I mean, right. we have we have we have doctors, people that actually are are you know, have their license and everything who are going on CNN saying, oh yeah, this person who I've, who I've never, you know, sat down with and examined, this person's obviously, you know, schizophrenic, paranoid, psychopath, all this other stuff. It's like, that's, that's medical malpractice right there. You can't. 100%. Yeah. It's louder for the people in the back room, (laughs) though. Yeah. I mean, it just, (laughs) it just, it just gets to this point where it's just like, I, I think a lot of good is going to come out of this year. I think a lot of good is going to come out of it. I think everything has been really shitty, but I think a lot of good is going to come out of it. And regardless as to what people say about Trump, and I mean, I I tell people, I don't care who's going to be president. I need to go ahead and maximize freedom in my own life. But I think the one good thing, yeah, I think the one good thing about Trump is that he's making everybody question these institutions and why these people have so much power. Yeah, I love him or hate him. I think that's the one positive thing that comes out of it. 
I think that, so on that note, that I got I just have to add this as we're kind of talking about him again, because it cracks me up, right? I read his books years and years and years ago, uh, long before he was, there was even a remote you know, chance of him being, you know, involved in politics and, you know, at this level and stuff. I mean, I'm talking like 16 years ago. And I read The Art of the Deal and I've read a couple of his other books. And, and you know, th- this is what he does best, right? Is he triggers people. And he's been like this forever. Like, this is the thing. He's such an asshole. Yeah, but you used to watch his show. No, I didn't. I'm like, don't lie. Like, you love, like, everybody loved him. Everybody um, watched The Apprentice. Yeah, and everybody loved him because he was the asshole, right? So don't, so, you know, miss me with that crap, you guys. That's that's what made, I didn't like him then. Liar, I whatever. But the thing <laughs> is that he, but I think he's to the point now where he is so done and he may just be th- this confident that he's going to win too. But like he, his level of zero shits given is just off the chart. And I think it's absolutely hilarious. Like some of the stuff that he says and some of the things that he's tweeting out and, and calling people out. And I just, I, I think it's, it's fantastic. I love this uh, beautiful, lovely young lady that he has as his press secretary, who is just savage as all get out. Oh, she gives no fucks. No fucks. From day one. Oh, she's glorious. <laughs> I think that she's just that minute. The, the, my, the first, my first, I didn't, you know, I don't pay too much attention to federal politics because I understand where I'm most affected is, is in my state. And I mean, I keep my eye on it, but I, I really try to focus my, my active, my activities either in my state or helping people in, in their states. But my first experience was her with her was when she popped up on stage and she just spanked Acosta's pee-pee verbally. <laughs> and then she looked around and she's all, it was about the Flynn case. And she's like, and how come you're not asking this and this and this? And she slams her book shut and she goes, I'll give you the weekend to do your homework and we'll talk Monday. Now that's me, right? That's how I am, especially with men that act like that. And I was like, I'm in love. <laughs> Oh yeah, She's just and she knows her stuff, and that's what's you know. Huckabee was great, right? And she didn't she didn't give she was she was good, but she wasn't she didn't under I don't think that she had the the experience that that maybe that litigation experience or whatever that that uh, McNanny I think is how you say it that she's got to just brutalize these people and i think it's super funny i, I mean I, for yeah i mean for for me i i i have a I have a background in journalism and i worked mm-hmm. for a for a newspaper and there's this there's this like beltway elitism that puts journalists and reporters in like this pedestal where it's like right. they have to be the the untamed free thinker for the rest of us and how dare you ever question the institution of the press i i think it always for me at least it always came down to decent respect um you know if you're gonna act like a dick and you have a track record for being a dick. Expect to be treated as such. You know, right. I think if if Trump and here's what people forget about: like he was friends of all these people. All these people right. loved him like a decade ago. Now right. it's that he's orange Hitler and everything. But like right. if if he if they treated him with respect, he's you know he he's nice to Brett Bear. Brett Bear, you know, there's a difference. I think Brett Bear is probably my favorite person in media, probably my opinion. But like you know, Brett Bear has done things that have been both you know in, in terms of his reporting pro Trump. And anti-Trump, but Trump yeah. always treats him with respect. Why? Because Brett Baer is a professional. No right. one can look at Jim Acosta, who published a fucking book about how this is the worst administration in history, and then say, "Oh yeah, that guy's an objective reporter." How dare you speak down to Jim Acosta? It's like she has every right to backhand you verbally. Yeah, she does because you've you've literally set your. I agree. I absolutely agree. And you've set yourself. You self. You deserve it. You absolutely deserve it. And and um. I, I think that uh, we're really seeing them go off the rail now over, um, you know, this, this SCOTUS pick, right? This ACB. I call her the notorious ACB. <laughs> and, Take the and, crown uh, back, Amy. Take the crown. That's right. Take it back. So, you know, she's, I, I'm not, I'm, I am, I am pro-choice. I'm anti-abortion and pro-choice. You should watch people's heads spin when they try to figure that out. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's like I said, I mentioned this on Twitter last night. I'm like, spoiler alert, kids. Like, she just, it's like I said this with Kavanaugh. She just doesn't walk into some library, pull a book off the wall, and burn the book about abortion. That's not how it works, right? Yeah. The chances of that actually getting banned are slim to none. And, uh, but but I love where she stands on her gun rights. But these people are unhinged. And to watch this this party, right, these alt-left liberals, I should say, um, instead of party, uh, because there are some more centrist and rational Democrats out there. But to see them go after her for her being a mother now, and, and well, is she capable of doing this job? You know what? Fuck you. This, this uh, used to be basic shit. 
Like we're right. attacking people for the most mundane shit. Like you yeah, know, I equate everything in 2012. It's like you people attacked Mitt Romney because he was just the most mayo person to ever run for president. Yet you know, you you allow all this other bullshit from people. Like Joe, like Joe Biden is literally he has to be on drugs, and nobody fucking talks about it. Oh, he's got dementia. Yeah, I yeah, mean, you, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet they point out, you know, with Bear, it's like, oh, she goes to church. Well, guess what? Uh, Contrary to popular belief, still a majority of Americans do that. Whether they are great at it, who fucking knows? But Obama like, goes we're to ta- church. Yeah, like we're attacking people for the most basic shit. It's like, oh, you know, she breathes air. You know who who, who used to also breathe air? Hitler. It's like right. this is the, – the, the, they're grasping it so much. And well, I think they lost all credibility with Kavanaugh, who – and I did not like Kavanaugh. I, actually, I wanted yeah. Barrett to be the pick last time. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that Kavanaugh is a, you know, a gun grabber. He, he, he said so as much himself during the Bush years. I think he was a bad pick. Um, but you know what, what's, what's funny and this kind of loops everything together like with the McCloskeys, like they were liberal Democrats and now they were speaking at the RNC. The, the, the left turned Kavanaugh into a more conservative judge. Because of the way they treated him. Yeah. And, you know, I don't um, my concern with Kavanaugh wasn't so much the the Second Amendment. That didn't bother. I wasn't as worried about him getting to that. He was bad on um, the Fourth Amendment. He was bad. That on the Fifth was Amendment. My, <laughs> he was bad you. on that a lot of things. I'm like, this MF will straight up spy on y'all. Right. He was my bigger concern with him is that he was pro Patriot Act. And that was a huge right, which is a gateway to all. That's a big disqualifier for me. If you defended that then and you still defend it, we can't be friends. (laughs) Yeah. No, for real. And that's like the TAPS Act. Right. And I I, I've actually been um, uh, I've been I've 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 had uh, uh, Dan Crenshaw come at me in my my DMs on Instagram when I've um, when I've gone after him for supporting the tax tax act. And he's like, I it isn't a gun control law. And I said, Dan, I'm not an idiot. I know it's not a gun control law, but I know it opens the door for gun control. It's called unintended consequences. Or uh, uh, I I disagree. I think it's very that's exactly I think it is intended. Oh, there you go. I think it falls into that. Uh, it's not how it's not what it says, what it doesn't what say. Doesn't say. Okay. I see where yeah. you're going. Okay. Yeah. I, I read, I've been interviewed about the TAPS Act a few times. I understand the TAPS Act very, very well. And I understand exactly what it says. And I love to watch people try to come at me about it. Even Dan Crown, like, no, 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 no. Miss me with your bullshit. Cause I know what that thing says. I've got it printed <laughs> somewhere. around, and, I, and we, we refer back to it to make sure that I, I, I stay savvy to it. Now it's, it's been backburnered. A lot of people don't realize this because they 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 voted to renew, and I'm using super layman terms with this people, but um, they to renew the uh, Patriot Act, right? We've got Patriot Act updated version, right? The 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 alpha version from the beta version or whatever. But uh, oh, the, the, the USA Freedom. Yeah, they did the. Yeah, whatever, I remember the that. Yeah. But the TAPS Act is is basically the, the 3.0 version of of the Patriot Act. So don't think for a minute that they're not, uh, that 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 has gone away in any capacity. And so my issue with Kavanaugh was much bigger than that. That being said, uh, to watch what they did. And then when, when it really set me over the edge, like I was, I mean, I was in the mild annoyance phase, but I got really pissed off when the USA Today paper uh, went as far as calling, saying, um, that you need to make sure that you keep your children away from him because uh, alluding that he was a child molester because his, uh, Oh, uh, my, my brother. Yeah. My, my, yeah. Yeah. My brother was a George Mason university student during the Kavanaugh hearings. And I remember uh, him coming home from school saying how professors were sending out letter, were sending out emails to students saying how we're going to fight to make sure this is a safe campus. We're going to fight right. to make sure that you know women are protected and all this other shit. It's like, are you freaking serious? He's the most you know. We 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 could hate him on policy, and I say the same thing about Dan Crenshaw. I bet Dan Crenshaw is an amazing human being. I you know thank you for your service. You could still Absolutely. be a shitty politician. You right. can still be oh. a bad arbiter of the law. Yeah, I agree. I agree. My the only person that I have any respect and hope for. In fact, I told him this. I, I had the privilege of, of, of uh, having dinner with him one night. Is Thomas Massey, and I said, "You're like the Obi Wan of, of of congressmen right now. You're our only hope, especially for the Second Amendment, right? Because he's the only one that's like he's he's just kind of keeping it there, 
You know what I mean? And, 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 and very on the level because he's not there to get rich. He could care less about that. He just wants to go live with his cows on it, you know, and his grass fed cows on his farm. Right. That's what drives him. That's what his passion is. So I love watching him. And right now I'm like, just don't, don't get, I told him, I said, sir, don't get Hillaryed. And he lost it, right? <laughs> he lost it laughing because he doesn't care. And he calls out both sides. And that's what I, I appreciate about him was that, you know, I loved after his interview, you know, because he basically called Pelosi out and made people come to come in and, and vote on that stimulus bill, which he hated anyway. He didn't even support the stimulus bill and was very vocal about his vote and didn't want to hide it. And you, you remember all this. And I don't want uh, liberty. I don't want the Republic to die in an empty chamber. That was such a great statement. And at the end of it, you know, Trump was like, well, you're a third rate politician. And that interview he did afterward where he says, well, I'm at least second rate. Second rate thought, at best. Oh my God. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. And then he put that in his Twitter profile for a while, which I thought was even funnier. But, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what we need. And I don't think that this Barrett thing, I don't think that, I think somebody mentioned the other day uh, in, a, in some banter with me that, well, she only has four years legislating from the, you know, or legislating, I shouldn't say that. She has four years from the bench and 20 years academic. She doesn't have enough experience to be on the SCOTUS. And I said, well, first of all, uh, you don't know what the Constitution says, and it shows because uh, I can be the, I can be nominated for SCOTUS. You can be, right? You don't have to be an attorney or have any experience, first of all. Second, the, the fact that she's got more ac- constitutional academia experience, I would much rather have somebody on that that panel uh, with of SCOTUS with that than 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 uh, bench experience, right? Because bench experience makes you political. I think, uh, and, and I think we'll, we'll we'll we're gonna have to wrap things up on this. Tell me yeah. what you think of this. I don't think Americans actually give a shit about whether someone has experience or not. And this goes for both the left and the right because if the left cared about experience. Kennedy wouldn't be president. Clinton right. wouldn't be president. Obama certainly wouldn't be president. AOC right. wouldn't be a congresswoman. And certainly for the right, Trump wouldn't be president. Right, right. No, I agree. I, I absolutely agree because typically when they start voting in that capacity, it's the lack of experience, which people equate experience to corruption, right? Looking at you, mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Um, <laughs> And your 40 years of nothing and paying all that. Well, he said 180 years, just just 180 years, 180 years. That's right. For the 180 years that you've been in Congress and all of those millions you're paying in taxes, that's why people voted for people like Trump. Right. They wanted that change. They didn't want a politician. So ironically, I think it's actually to the advantage uh, of people to to not have political experience. Truth, truth. Well, Carrie, we I've I've had a blast. We've covered a lot. If people want to go ahead and connect with you, track all the misadventures that's going on with you, how can they do so? Oh, thank you very much. Well, that's definitely that's a good way of putting it. I definitely infamous, not famous, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> find me on Insta- Instagram. It's probably my most active platform. Um, I'm if you want just my business and what I do with my activism with women's rights of self defense. Um, that's we the female underscore official. I mean, find me everywhere else at We the Female um, and just my political shit talking and shit posting and, and, and schooling. And I do a lot of education on, on um, real feminism, not feminazism and uh, constitutional stuff. And that's uh, at Stilettos and Shotguns, all one word. And you can find that across all the platforms as well. I, I've got to be honest. I do truly mean this. You're like one of my top three favorite Twitter accounts to follow. When I'm feeling oh, down, you. I just go ahead and read one of your tweets. I'm like, oh, she just fucking destroyed that person. My life feels so much better. <laughs> that, that means a lot coming to me because I'm not a big Twitter user. And honestly, just I, quickly, I don't use Twitter because when I screenshot it to post on Instagram, it looks cool. <laughs> I, I totally hear Well, we got to hook you up on Parler. We got we to gotta get you hooked Parler. up. You are on Parler. We I, got, I, I will include the links for everything. I love it. I would love to be more active on Parler. Um, I will say, I'm not, I hope that they update the platform. It's a little confusing. But um, I know it's it's new, right? And it's going to get I'm, its bearing. I'm your, I'm your inside hookup. I'll help you out. Awesome. We'll be That's good. Great. Well, Carrie, thank you so much, folks. Thank you. And remember, th- this costs you nothing, but it means everything to me. A five-star rating and review on iTunes goes a long way. If you appreciate conversations with Carrie, who's an absolute riot, and all my other guests and all the other topics... You know, that costs you maybe like five seconds, and it means everything to me. As always, you're listening to On the Run and Remso W. Martinez. Good night. Check out our other shows and more from the We Are Libertarians Network at WeAreLibertarians.com.